Hello, and welcome to our podcast. We are New Horizons Christian Fellowship from Starkville, Mississippi. We are about kingdom family, reaching up to the Father, reaching in to each other, and reaching out to the world. We hope you will be strengthened and encouraged by the message. You know, it's amazing how much many things that we say we believe, but as you start like digging in it, even in my own life, I find that I don't live by the way that I say. You know, it's just like, and yet when you ask me, I'd be like, oh, I believe that. But then when I look at my life, there's like something different, right? And I want to start by, um, you can go ahead and put the, here, let me get my, that's right, we got technology. Just saying, here we go. All right. God is real. Okay. And what's so amazing about that concept is that there is nothing I can think, feel, see, do, act out, go crazy about that can change that. Okay. Thank God. Really. That you realize He is the baseline. All right. You realize how much of our life these days is not real. In fact, I'm so grateful. It took me a while to get here, Bo, but I'm so grateful that God put me in a job that I literally take what people design in CAD, all fake and virtual, and I actually tell what is real and I connect the two dots, right? I am based, my job is based in reality. I measure real things. I don't actually live in CAD, which most engineers do, okay? And I want to start by the whole concept of reality, right? So last week, in fact, I've got um, concrete on my shoes. We were pouring concrete for this big, massive um, uh, machine that we're putting in there. And this machine needs to have a flat bed on it that you can put a tool down. It needs to be in the same place every time. Every, every time, it doesn't need to move, rock. So this bed needs to be flat. Now, there's a lot of different definitions of what flat is. It's amazing, isn't it? I can use that word. But no one, including myself other than God, actually knows what flat is. Okay, let's start there, okay, because the contractors, and these guys were tough, I mean, they were big boys, like, I even watched the guy hit himself with a sledgehammer and didn't even cry, okay, I mean, these guys were big boys, right, when they say, I'll put you a flat slab in, I mean, they're thinking, in reality, plus or minus a half inch, as long as you put a marble on there, it doesn't roll, they're good, right, okay, they live that way, and it's fine, that's what their definition of flat is, right? So then they bring me into the equation, and I have a $250,000 measurement tool that can measure the whole football field width to plus or minus one-third of a sheet of paper thickness, okay? And my definition of flat is a whole lot different, right? A whole lot different. I'm, I'm plus or minus five thousandths of an inch is what I consider flat, okay? There are other people, and I've gone to the space industry, they've even gone two decimal places further than me, Okay? So there's all this definition of what this actually means, what is real, right? And to bring it to example, this tape measure, we think, ah, you know, this is what we measure things with, right? It's, it's, it's real. It tells us what the distance is all about. But have you ever noticed that this little tip on the tape measure moves back and forth? Like, what is up with that, right? How in the world does that mean we're going to get the same measurement every time? Well, every time you pull it, you get one measurement. If you push it, you get a different measurement, right? 
And the, supposedly, the distance between those two is the thickness of that of the little you know, piece of metal. That's the supposedly of it. But in reality, there's a lot of, I'm going to call it slop. Okay? And I'm, you have to bear with me. In, in my, I'm an engineer, so I think in these terms. So I'm trying to explain to you what I'm saying slop is, right? So all that said, there's a lot of slop in our lives, okay, that we consider, oh, I'm good. I'm doing this fine. This is flat. This is one foot, right? This is whatever definition we're calling out to. There's a lot of slop there, okay? Because, and the reason why I say this is because the calibration that we're going off of is not calibrated off reality, okay? You realize the law, me a lot of us, and I included, struggle with the law and its value, okay? Because I don't really want to value it, okay? Let's start there. I don't really want to value it. But do you realize it has such great value? For example, this really expensive tool that I have that I measure things with, it gets calibrated once a year. They send it out to a place that has this massive thing of concrete, all these monuments, and they actually measure it to a baseline, right? And it gets valued. And it's either found wanting or it's good, right? So the law is that same thing. It's the calibration cycle. It is the, it's the, it's what says, am I lacking or not, right? And without that, we would ha have a clue of what reality is. We wouldn't. We could easily fool ourselves because I live in an engineering world where we fool ourselves all the time what flat means, right? So we could easily fool ourselves in every aspect of life if we didn't have a baseline, if we didn't have a calibration, if we didn't have something that said, this is real. So, sorry, I'll come back from an engineering perspective. I see life as this, reality versus virtual reality. I'm sure you guys have started seeing the new virtual reality glasses. My nephew, he's got this sweet setup, and it is amazing. I want to tell you, that's the future of even engineering. Okay, it's really cool. You get in this, um, he has this room, it's mapped out, shows you where you are relative to the things in the room. You stick your goggles on, you strap on, you can't see anything else in the world. I mean, you're running around, you're running into walls because you can't see them, right? I mean, it's real, right? I mean, this is, this is intense, right? You're looking down, you see down. You just look up, you'll see up, and it's all virtual, right? And you're like, man, this is so real, right? I could convince myself it's real. In fact, I'm having a great time, right? Because I'm running around, jumping, shooting, who knows what I'm doing, right? It's just, I'm in this virtual reality, right? And it's amazing how long I can spin in that thing and not even know where the time went. And you realize how much our life is the same way? We have Christ, the one that who died that we have just said, no, I want this virtual reality. I don't want your reality. It's funny. I think I miss, I know I do, so many times where I cheapen the love of God by not seeing His perfection. Does that make sense? They just cheapen it. And it's not like I intentionally do it. It's not like I'm saying, oh, I'm going to, you know, devalue the Savior. That has nothing to do with it. 
has everything to do with I want to value myself. Okay? And what I'm realizing is, is that one, almost one-to-one relationship affects the other. So if I value myself, I am devaluing my Savior. Um, and I think that's, that's something that we need to start really thinking about because I struggle with this all the time because I'm, it's not an intentional thing, but then I realize, whoa, what have I done? And I want that to be kind of in your heart, not in the sense of what have I done, in the sense of guilt. I'm just not what I'm after. I'm after, do we see the, the, the effects of what we're doing? Does that make sense? Because you have to realize, God knew who we were when He died for us. Do you realize that? I mean, He knew exactly who I was, and thanks be to God that He knew me in all of my imperfections, okay? There is nothing that I can do that can gain any more of His love, right? He knew me, and He still died on the cross for me. And for whoever is here that doesn't know the reality of the love of God, whoever you are, please, I just beseech you, come to God. Come to the foot of the cross. Just say, Lord, here am I. Because once you're there, He begins to bestow His reality. And that reality comes in His Spirit. It comes in the form of relationships with others. It Yes, it does come in like with, you know, salvation and eternal life and all these amazing things as well. But let's bring it down to home, right? Sometimes that's too far out there. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm now saved. Wow, I got all these riches that I can't see anymore and, you know, this kind of stuff, right? Let's put it to now. Like, he, he actually comes and He changes our outlook on our life. What was once a dependency on ourselves, we can now be dependent on Him. And he could become the freedom that we've always needed. Do you realize that you are a dependent? I talked about this last time. I don't want to get too lost in that track. But you're a dependent on your flesh, on this world, and without Christ, you will die. End of story. And everything that this world, this flesh has to offer is to kill you. Okay? With Christ, we are free of that. That is the freedom he is talking about. And I want to make that freedom clear. Because a lot of times we get freedom, it's kind of a weird word that is opened up. I mean, people ask me, can God do anything? No, he cannot. He lives by his by his promise. Okay? But is he free? Yes, he is the most free thing you could possibly imagine. Okay? Because freedom is about love, right? Freedom is about the fact that I care. Right? It's not about oh, just go have, do whatever you do. It's about love. Oh, may we have that love. Reality versus virtual reality. God is good versus God is nice. This one can kind of work on me sometimes. God is truth. Truth is slightly based on me and my viewpoint. You know, I I think that should be that way. Guess what? God knows, okay? God is all-powerful. I have power over my own destiny. God is sufficient. This is the one I spoke on last time. I am sufficient. Guess what? You're not. God is love. I'll love who deserves to be loved. 
Faith is the way. The more I, the, I do, the more I am deserving. I struggle with this one all the time. These are the virtual reality worlds, okay? Trust me, it's just like you hop into the little thing, you, know, you get into it, okay? <laughs> I can get into these, right? The meek will inherit. The deserving will inherit. More of God versus more of me. And what I want us to see is that the more of me is a virtual reality. It is not real. Can, that's what today is all about. And I want that to just start sinking into our hearts and who we are and say, Lord, I want less of me and more of you. Um, I love the fact that in all the Gospels, it's pretty much written the same except for John. He has a little flavor to it. But in all the Gospels, right after Peter declares Christ for who he is, because remember, they said, um, you know, some call you, um, you know, um, uh, Elijah, some call you a prophet, some, and he says, who do, you, who do you call me, right? And Peter says, well, you're the Christ, the Son of God, right? And that was the revealing moment I see in the Scriptures, as I see it, of when Christ was revealed, right there. And it was really interesting is that right after he said that, Christ said, well, this is going to be a hard road. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be suffer and die, and there's going to be tribulation. This is going to be rough. I'm going to be crucified, right? And then Peter says, oh, no, you're not, because you're, you're the Son of God. You, you're not going to get hurt. And then he says, I rebuke you, Satan. Get away from me. You're like, one moment he says, Peter, you've revealed me. The next moment he says, get away from me, Satan, right? Well, it comes down to the heart of the issue, Right? Because after Christ is revealed, He then says this, If anyone desires to come after Me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow Me. And I love the way Luke says it. He finally says it like I need to hear it. If anyone desires to come after Me, let him not deny himself and take up his cross daily. Because I need to hear that, okay? Because I'm a, I'm a daily kind of person. Like, I need it over and over and over and over and over. And guess what? No matter how many times we need it, His cross is there for us. Does that make sense? No matter how many times I wake up in the morning and I say, Oh, God, I don't feel like this. In fact, I feel like myself. In fact, I want more of me. Okay? And it happens to me all the time. Okay? I want me, 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 the big I, right? Me, myself, and I. And then he points at me and says, I died for that, that virtual reality which is, has no place in my kingdom. I died for you. I died for who you are so that this virtual reality, this lie that you have believed can be put on the cross and it can be cast out and I can begin living as Christ has for me in freedom. I mean, the whole, you know, Freedom! You know, that's, that's what it's about, right? I find it um, interesting that I was just doing a study on walking in the Spirit. And wherever I see it, it's, it's very intentional. You shall walk in the Spirit. And I see that there's always an action related to it. And the other thing that really stood out to me with doing this study was the fact that, the, that crucifying was used in the sense of my flesh, okay? Because Christ was crucified for my sins, 
for our sins, for sins in general, I have to crucify myself too. And this word crucify is not a, um, a light term, okay? There's nothing about it that is light, simple. In fact, it's very deliberate. I'll put it that way. Nobody accidentally crucifies somebody. <laughs> Does that make sense? There's no like, oh, I just so happened to have been crucified. No, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Those, I mean, there's, there's a lot that has to happen, right? It's deliberate, okay? And guess what God calls us to be? He says, first off, this is Paul speaking, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loves me and gave himself for me. And then a little further on down, it states, and those who are are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. For if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So there's a tie between me being tenaciously after killing, kill it with fire, my flesh, right? And being able to walk with the body of Christ and being able to walk in the Spirit of Christ. There's a tie there, okay? And I'm going to say, when I read, the one thing that gets it to where you can actually do it. Okay, let's, 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 let's go another step further. How do I do that, right? How do I actually tenaciously go after myself? Because if I do it in my own strength, guess what? I'm sure you guys have all tried. You fail, right? It doesn't work. But let me tell you, there's one secret ingredient that I know I miss many times, and that is the fact that I am a son of God. Okay? It says in Galatians 4, 6, I can't get, get out of Galatians. He has me there, and I just keep reading it over and over again. I, I love this verse. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. Hallelujah. Crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. If, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. What's this concept of Abba, Father? May we be... Oh, hallelujah. You know, if I'm deemed a spirit-filled man, I don't want it to be because people were healed, that miracles happened, that God did whatever you want to put in the blank. I want it to be because people said He cried out, Abba, Father, daily. Does that make any sense? Because if I could get to the place where I'm crying out, Abba, Father, and it comes from my soul, and it comes from my toes to where everything I do is says, Oh, Abba, God, Father, and it comes from that, then all these things that we're talking about can be real. And that, to me, is the place where He wants us all. And if you do not know Christ as your Father, please come to me. Come to Tim, come to Donald, come to a neighbor, come to anyone and find it. Tenaciously go after it. Because that is what it's about. It's about, God, you are my father. And I, when, I come, when I came home from West Virginia on Saturday, there's little Jesse. He's one, one and a half. You know, he's this little guy. He, as soon as he sees me, ah, you know, he's all excited. Can't even speak. You know, he's, just, he's going to call as fast as he can. He just bumps his head on my leg. Boom, boom, boom. You know, that's it. That's what it's about, Right? 
Oh, the heart of that. If I get this up. There we go. Whoops. I'm amazed at how, <laughs> going back to, do I know what's real, but, but yet I tend to want to, to go into the virtual reality? <laughs> you realize that God sent His Son... He died on his cross for our sins, and my sins definitely included. He took what was going to die, guaranteed of it. He took me from a place of absolute destruction and selfishness. He did all that, and he then said, okay, I'm going to reset the dial, and I'm going to put my love in your life. And even after all that, I still sometimes want to get shackled up to the old dependencies. Okay? That's my, that's my flesh. And I can be as passionate as I want, but I can still want to be shackled up in times of my life. Okay? Guess what? This whole concept of tenacity goes even back to the, to the concept of I want to be free. Okay? And that may mean that we do things. It does not mean that what we do is what freed us. What it means is that what we do is showing our tenacity for our freedom. Does that make any sense? Because I don't want us to get lost in the fact that, you know, oh, you know, I've put boundaries in my life to prevent me. To, that Those boundaries are what's saving me. God forbid of that. Right? But, oh, I want to protect the freedom that God has given me. Because if I don't protect it, it is my responsibility. He's bestowed that to me. Okay? Now, does that mean... That freedom came from my effort? No. Okay? What it means is I have got to tenaciously go after it. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. I find it interesting that... I keep going through Galatians over and over again, and wherever it really presents the Spirit of God and what it's about, there's always this connection to one another. There's this connection to fellowship. There's this connection with the Christ that's in you, the hope of glory. Look to your neighbor and say, Christ is in you, and I want to find it. <laughs> Oh, could we live that way? Because if we can find the Christ that's in our brother and sister, you know how much it shows what we need to do? You know what I mean? Going back to the whole, we might need to do things? The answer is yes. And do I need to do it all in my own strength and in my own little vacuum? God forbid. I have to humble myself, be meek, and come to a brother, come to a sister and say, is there anything that I need to do? Because there are a lot of things I don't see. Y'all are probably saying, yeah. But it's okay. I want to hear that. And I have to come with a heart that is willing to accept that. Right? And not come at it with a heart that's just like, well, this is right and that is wrong and I'm in my own vacuum. Now, I'm not trying to say there's not right and wrong, but there's that 
I'm in my own vacuum is the problem. Okay, let's make that very clear. Um, it's funny, on the, in 1 Timothy, I think it does the, the best job of wrapping it all up, and I, I'd read it, but it's several verses long. But the gist of it is, flee the flesh and fight the good fight. There's a whole sermon there. If I had more time, I'd get to it. But if we can just flee, tenaciously put up the guards, say, whatever it needs to happen to push that flesh, that thing that draws me away from God, and just say, this is not happening. I'm going to flee that. And then I fight the good fight. Because there's a lot of fights I fight every day that aren't any good. Okay? And the good fight is the one that brings me closer to my Abba Father. Right? And if that fight is me doing whatever it takes, whether it is I'm not going to put an internet filter on my computer, whether it's I'm not going to have TV in my household, whether it means I don't know what it means to you. In fact, that's what I want you to do right now is to begin to start drawing in and say, Lord, what does that mean for me? Right? Because for you, it's going to be something totally different than it is for me. Right? In fact, I really want you to say, what is it that I need to be doing? I've got a few minutes. Is Christ manifest in your life? I, I usually try to avoid words that sound churchy and religious, but I looked this meaning of this word up, and it really hit me. I was like, I want that one. That's, that's the one I want. And I love the fact, this is just straight from the Strong's, uh, for the, not me, from the not Strong's, um, from the dictionary. And it says, synonyms with evident, apparent, or clear. If you have strong feelings about something, they will be made manifest on your face. Okay? It's pretty awesome. That's exactly what we're talking about, right? So if Christ is in us and we want Him to be made manifest in our life, guess where it's going to show up? It's going to show up on our face. It's going to show up in our, what we do. It's going to show up in our feet. It's going to show up in our hands. It's going to show up in every aspect of our life. It's going to show up what we watch. It's going to show up what we don't watch. It's going to show up everywhere because He will be made manifest. Reality will always be exposed. God is real. May we believe that and put that in our heart. And He will always be exposed. If what is real is we're like chaff, blown through the wind, guess what? That will be exposed as well. Does that make sense? And these are some, some verses that I found where basically it was saying, this is what's made manifest. And they were like in First John, the last one there, that he even says that these people were not of us and they left us in order for them to be made manifest of the fact that they weren't of us. Does that make sense? Like he was saying, basically, what is in your heart manifests itself. Does that make sense? And it will. It will manifest itself. You can't hide it long enough. You can't act this out. This is not something that you ever act out. This is you saying, oh, Abba, Father. This is, oh, Abba, Father moments. Does that make sense? This is not acting. This is not me saying, oh, I'm going to do this because I am enough. It is the exact opposite of that. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify or iTunes. If you would like to learn more about New Horizons Christian Fellowship, 
And if you enjoyed the music, then please visit the links in the description to learn more. Thank you for listening. And remember, the service begins now.